As we continue where Pastor Dan has been taking us through the study of the book of Ephesians, I'd like to do a kickoff intro as we invite you to turn to the book of John. John chapter 8. In verse 12 of John 8, Jesus speaks, and he says this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And then in chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus speaks again. And he says, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Is that profound or what? He who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. On the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Jesus then says, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill can't be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Have we just read a contradiction? In John 8, that great truth chapter, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you are free. And in that chapter, he said that I am the light of the world. And then in the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world. Very simple resolution. If you have received Jesus personally as your Savior, have you? If you have, then you are in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And it then follows logically, if he is the light and you are in him, then what must be true of you as well? You too have become light. And then in the ninth chapter of Acts, verse 31, Acts Chapter 9, verse 31, it says there that this whole batch of churches in Israel, throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, interestingly, if you don't know, I remind you that Samaria is the title for the region in the center there that um, Jews to this day refer to as Samaria. What we are hearing as West Bank 
is basically Samaria. And just by the language we use, we demonstrate our bias. If we use the phrase West Bank, then we are submitting to a teaching that says that Israel is not Israel's. And the claim of the Palestinians is at play behind that very language. And the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, has a broadcast system. And one of the broadcasters was uh, reprimanded severely when in one of their broadcasts they used the term West Bank. But the churches that grew there had peace and were edified. That's what we are supposed to excel at within the body of Christ, is to edify, build up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Let's see how that ties into Ephesians chapter 5. As we go there, there are at least five words or phrases that I think we should have a good working knowledge of. The first of those is darkness. So that when we read it in context, we'll know what is meant. What is darkness? This is a simple one. This is the absence of light. There really is no such thing in and of itself as darkness. It is simply the absence of light. What is dissipation? Well, the Greek word for dissipation is very similar uh, and is, in fact, translated as prodigal. When we read the story of the prodigal son, And how that son lived is the demonstration of what dissipation is. It has no hope of safety. It involves extravagant squandering. Dissoluteness. A prodigal is one who spends too much. Who slides easily under the fatal influence of flatterers and temptations with which he has surrounded himself into spending freely on his own lusts and appetites. That's dissipation. It's lawless insolence and unmanageable caprice. For those of you who are into big words, there's even a phrase here that describes it, and I ask you, if any of you are going to use any of these three words in a sentence the next week, I'd like to know that you've done that. This Greek word can be dissolute, debauched, or profligate. It's riotous. We'll need to know what dissipation means before we're done. Depending on your version in verse 9 of Ephesians 5, your Scripture will say either one of these two things. It will either say the fruit of light or the fruit of the Spirit. If it says light, it's because it's taken from the Greek text that uses the Greek word photos. And that would come out light. 
if it uses the word pneuma, then it will come out spirit. So when we come to that, you'll have one or the others of those. What is shameful? Shameful is indecent. It's dishonorable. In the application to a dishonorable elder of a local church, uh, this is the kind of guy that is into improper gain for selfish purposes. It's shameful. Circumspectly. What is that? It's a word of accuracy. There's an exactness goes with this idea. A diligence. Being very careful. On your handout, we've tried to keep up with the younger generation and give you some blanks to fill in, so here they are. We're going to track the thes, and, and the idea here is the blank. And it is filled in with words like the walk, the fools, the wise, the fruit, the fellowship. So you can be watching for those as we work through here. The exposing, the days, the will of the Lord, the speaking, the Lord, the works, the time, the fillings, the giving of thanks, the fear of God. We're going to look at two descriptions of our walk. One is by light and one is by wisdom. The light walk has children. The light walk has fruit. The light walk has no fellowship. Children, fruit, no fellowship. The light walk is a gift. The light walk is circumspect. The light walk is alive and awake. The light walk is contrasted to darkness. Children, fruit, no fellowship, gift, circumspect, alive and awake. Contrasted to darkness. The wisdom walk is contrasted to fools. The wisdom walk is designed for evil days. This is a relevant passage to today. The wisdom walk is designed for making our time count. The wisdom walk speaks and sings to the Lord. The wisdom walk always gives thanks for all things. That's quite a walk. And finally, the wisdom walk submits to one another in the fear of God, equipping and preparing us to hear from Pastor Dan again next week as he walks us into this incredible passage of the picture of how Jesus loves his bride and that those of us who are married are in a position as an analogy, as as a picture of uh, how Christ loves his bride and where submission fits into all that. Let's read together chapter 5, verses 8 through 21. I prefer if you're silent when you read it. For you were, and it's interesting to me, this this doesn't say you were in a place, but literally you were once darkness. 
And if the definition of darkness is the absence of light, then what was true of you at a point in time? You were without light. And then if you have received Jesus personally as your Savior, then it would be said of you as these Ephesians then, but now you are light in the Lord. And we then have the first of eight jobs or assignments that is given as a part of this passage. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the, depending on your version, either light or spirit, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. It's quite an advance in the life of a believer when what matters to the Lord matters to you. And then the second job is laid out. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And the third job, but rather expose them. For it is shameful, remember what that means? It is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. One of the wrestling matches, and I commend Pastor Dan for having worked through some of the issues that really are unspeakable about what's done in secret and really shouldn't be talked about. I remember reading a book, Satan Seller. By the time I got to chapter 11, it was the story of the conversion of one who once was a Satanist. Uh, I I felt filthy by the time I got to chapter 11. And I was determined from then on that whenever I would speak of these things, we wouldn't speak of the specific, ugly, dirty laundry of that. It's shameful. But all things are exposed and made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. When the lights are on, you can see. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I love Saturday nights before preaching. Just meditating on his word. And uh, wouldn't you know it, I'm reading verse 14, and my precious bride comes staggering out of the bedroom and looking for another smaller room in the house and passes by where I was studying And I said to her, Awake, you who sleep. (laughs) And she said, Later. (laughs) Isaiah speaks to this. Awake, arise, light is coming. And then the fourth job shows up. See then that you walk, and we now have considered what circumspectly means. So that when we give you a quiz Wednesday or Thursday of this week, uh, you can answer all these questions and all these definitions. I won't be quizzing you Wednesday or Thursday. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. 
Boston Marathon. Are the days evil or are they not? Syria. Pornography. Drunkenness. The days are evil. My goodness. If that was true then, I've wondered, what would the Apostle Paul think of our generation? Walk in wisdom is the call. Don't waste time, but make it efficient. Economize your time, because the days are evil. Darkness. I don't know what all your thoughts were this week. I was fairly glued to the news. I wanted to see what was going to happen next. We had people from Scott's Bluff who ran the Boston Marathon. That's close to home, kind of. That's the United States of America. That's close to home, kind of. One of the most intriguing parts of the whole scene is when they had what they called a second suspect surrounded. Where did he go? He went to the boat. And he took a portion of the cover off and bled his way into there and curled up. And covered it back up. Darkness. And then the light came and manifested him. This has caused a lot of response within the Christian community. Within the community of people. And in the community of community, what motivates a person to run to that? One of the stirring phrases I listen to in these evil days, in describing Boston, it said that they took their shirt off and built a tourniquet to stop the bleeding of Boston. I looked at every picture I could look at of those heroes took their shirts off of the guy running beside the wheelchair literally pinching an artery and lives were spared it could have been worse these are evil days I appreciate the first seven days following 911 the first seven days following the Boston Marathon we are allowed to use words like pray our prayers we're allowed to use language that can stand up and call it what it is evil why are we to redeem the time why are we to walk in wisdom because the days are evil and as a dad and as a granddad I agonize what where how is this next generation going to face what it faces? 
Is the future only gloom and doom? Or is there a call for light that goes to the boat and says, get out, I see you. The glorious gospel, the greatest news in the universe, is as powerful today as ever. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to anyone who will still believe, be they Muslim, be they Chechnyan, be they Bostonian, be they your neighbor. We did an exercise in our Thursday night Bible study. And the exercise included just writing down one name in your life of someone that, to the best of your knowledge, has not yet received Christ as Savior. And that now is a prayer platform for part of where we proceed. I was stirred because every one of those names had a little two-letter adjective in front of it. M-Y. Every one of those names had a my in front of it. My dad. My family. My sister. In these evil days, there will be unprecedented, unprecedented evil. And unprecedented light bearing and whenever darkness exists bring a candle in take your candles to the darkness believers take your candle to the darkness and so that fourth job in 15 is See that you walk circumspectly. In verse 17, the fifth job and sixth job show up. Therefore, don't be unwise. That's a job of ours. That's an assignment. Would you admit anywhere in your heart this morning that you are being unwise at any point you can think of? Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The seventh job is in verse 18 where it says, and don't be drunk with wine. Now, if the best you can do with that is become legalistic and mean-spirited, hateful, you will have totally missed the teaching of verse 18. The teaching of the light walk, the wisdom walk. Because it is true, when there is drunkenness, reasoning has gone out the door. When there is drunkenness, we do, we say, and we think 
that which we would never do, never say, or never think apart from that influence. The teaching of this is what comes next. Dissipation is what that produces. But the eighth and final job that's really spelled out in this passage is be, and the grammar of it would go something like this, be ye being filled with the Spirit. So think of yourself. What you would think, what you would say, what you would do in drunkenness. Think of yourself, what will you do and say and think while being filled with the Spirit of God. Light. Those are conflicting positions. And if you are filled with the Spirit, then there are five actions that kind of typify you. In 19, it's speaking and singing and making melody. In verse 20, it's giving thanks. In 21, it's submitting. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Don't you just love Macau's spirit? And how she'll be leading us along and she'll call on Dennis, would you read Psalm 100 for us? And then what did she do? Would you do it again? There's something about that second time through. Have you ever spoken a psalm to anyone? When you think of the psalms, what psalm comes to mind? 23? Before I accepted... Monument Bible Church is called to be their pastor. Over 22 years ago, I memorized Psalm 19. What an incredible inner peace that brought. Maybe it's a portion of Psalm 119. Maybe it's an Awana verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, speaking those truths. I want to give God incredible glory right now. Following our fifth miscarriage, my wife was in the pits. She was depressed. She was borderline dysfunctional. Thought about giving her a pill. Thought about going and finding somebody that would talk with her. And then the Spirit of God reminded me my word is sufficient. I'm not anti pill, I'm not anti counsel, but I am pro sherry. And so the Spirit of God, I think, just stirred. You know what? Tuck her in and read to her out loud Psalm 100. 
And then Psalm 101. And then Psalm 102. As she would bank blankly stare at the ceiling. Things like, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Psalm 103, 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Ladies, I got to tell you, I learned something. When you're that depressed and that down, you don't feel like it. However, when we are filled with the Spirit, we are to speak psalms. And I watched God restore my wife. In fact, he might have wanted to slow down a little. Awake, you who sleep. This is relevant to where I live. How about you? And hymns and spiritual songs. I want to thank you once again. I love being part of a church family that understands that now and again people like Dan and Alona need to just go off together. And you allowed Sherry and me to do that in recent weeks. And we went to Arizona and California. And in Arizona, we spent Easter at one of those old people's churches where they sang hymns. Every song was a hymn. And they had a choir. And I counted them. There was over a hundred of them. And they had this organist guy that was like the best in the universe. And I mean, they, they, they brought the roof down with hymns. And I went, yes! And we went to a Good Friday service. Uh, and if you'll pardon the language, it was kind of charismatic. And they had guitars and whiny guitars and it was kind of loud and it was spiritual songs and that's what was being spoken when you're filled with the spirit of God do that Make melody in your heart. Do you catch the key phrase of all that? To the Lord. This isn't about us. This isn't about entertainment. This isn't about narcissism, which means I want my music, my way, and if you're in charge and you do music your way and it's not my way, then you and I have a relational breakdown. Shame on us. To the Lord. I haven't figured out why the Lord would like a... (laughs) But I know in my heart that he does. You okay with verse 20? 
I kind of struggle with verse 20. It's like easy for you to say. I mean, I try to think about verse 20 in terms of the Martin family where their young eight-year-old got blasted by darkness and evil. Give thanks always for all things. Our secretary just celebrated the one-year anniversary of the death of her son. Give thanks always for all things to God. What about that young 26-year-old MIT guardian of the peace? Is there anything right about that? Give thanks to God. We spoke of a fifth miscarriage. Give thanks to God. I know what a lot of you are going through. You've been open and honest. Life ain't easy. The days are evil. Give thanks always for all things to God. And the answer is yes. Do you remember, uh, you who love Greek so much, do you remember the, the Greek word for giving thanks? Every time this word is used, it comes off either giving of thanks or thanksgiving. It is that word, E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T. Eucharist. Giving thanks. Eucharist always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. So, what if a walk in light and what if a walk in wisdom would go ahead and do that? What happens? Evil loses. Do we honestly think evil will go away in our lifetime? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. You mean a husband is supposed to submit to a wife? And a wife is supposed to submit to a husband? And a son is supposed to submit to a dad. An employee is supposed to submit to an employer. And a student is supposed to submit to a teacher. And an athlete to his coach. Really? Yep. To the Lord. To the Lord. In the fear of God. I want to pray with you. You've been listening? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in wisdom? Are you harboring in your walk something that produces dissipation? Would this be a good time to be cleansed of that? You don't have to walk in darkness. 
First of all, do you know Jesus as your Savior, personally? If the answer is, I'm not sure. And we can take care of that right here and right now. Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, we come. In the name of your Son, Jesus, the light of the world. And you've invited us to be in him. And instructed us that if we are, we have become new creations. Old things have passed away. New things have come. Whoever in this room is clear in their heart that they are unsure that if they were to die, that they would go to heaven. I thank you that you've paid the price that they can be sure. And that they can become children of light right here and right now by opening their heart's door, inviting your Son, the Lord Jesus, to come in, confessing to you that we are the sinners. We were darkness before this prayer. I believe that you sent Jesus for me, for my sin, that he went to the cross for me. Though I deserve to be the one, he is my substitute. His blood was shed to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Right here, right now, I accept your son Jesus personally as my Savior. Done deal. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. And Father, I believe that part of this message is as we've looked at Ephesus, a church in a community the size of Lincoln today, of the character of Las Vegas today, that there was a church there, light in the midst of darkness. And you instructed them on how to walk. And you gave them eight jobs. And you compared being under the influence of wine to the influence of your spirit. And you have given to us and equipped us what we need for our remaining walk in these evil days. And we'd like to thank you right now for that. Apparently, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Father, whatever is in our heart that is difficult to thank you for right now, we Eucharisto, we give thanks to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for that very thing. We need your help to submit to those that you've instructed us to submit to. Help us do a better job. We pray for Boston. We pray for one who is no longer in a boat. Might someone have the courage, as long as he is alive and breathes and could become coherent, to hear and respond to the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus. You've told us to love and to pray for our enemies. We say, okay. And we love you too, Lord. 
In the precious name of your son, Jesus. We'd like to sing to you now a spiritual song in the name of your son, Jesus.